Welcome to the Light to Path podcast series, an initiative for women at Roche by the International Women's Network, or IWN here in Asia Pacific. This series aims to encourage all our listeners to inspire women at Roche to carve their path towards achieving their purpose, career and personal goals. When we proactively and passionately light her path, we advocate for her, we build her confidence, we increase her presence, and we unlock her potential. This ultimately builds an inclusive environment where all employees can be their authentic selves and thrive at work. Hello and warm welcome, colleagues. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. My name is Abdul Qayyum. And I am the country manager of Roche Diagnostics Pakistan and Afghanistan. I am truly honored to be conducting today's session where the topic of the day is young talent at Roche. As Agnes mentioned in episode one, the purpose of IWN is to develop and unleash the talent that exists in APAC. Building on the objective in today's episode, we are joined by two young and dynamic colleagues from APAC, Patricia Kartigasu from the APAC Diagnostic Communication Team and Eunice Kim, Rare Condition Partner, Roche Pharma Korea. Hello, Patricia and Eunice. Lovely to have you both with us today. Thank you so much for making time for this discussion. Thanks for having us, Kayum. Thank you, Kayum, for introduction. So let's start with Eunice. My first question, what has your experience been like a new female employee and what is your motivation to grow your career at Roche? Okay, thanks, Kayum. Well, uh, my name is Eunice Kim and I am Rare Conditions Partner for SMA in South Korea. Uh, it's a great honor to be here, invited as uh, one of young talents in a- Asia-Pacific region. Regarding motivations and uh, my personal goal is to carry on my journey of continuous learning and self-management, which is seeking for uh, what I really need rather than just waiting for others' direction or uh, ways. That is quite actually one of my motivations and as well for growing my career at Roche. When I stepped out for my first opportunity at Roche, I reflected a lot on what I wanted to do next. And it was definitely to jump into where I could learn, lead, grow, and most importantly, uh, enjoy and keep my curiosity forward. So at least to me, to keep myself in diverse working environment at Roche, which is rounded by different role, different uh, level of people, and different colleagues from different world. This is like a way of being a learner and like self-system thinker. What about you, Patricia? Thanks, Eunice. Uh, And thanks, Kayum, for the question uh, and also for having us on on this episode today. Um, I think for me, my goals are very similar to Eunice. I think I really appreciate uh, having continuous opportunities to be challenged uh, at work and having the space to experiment and take risks to try new things, new ways of working, uh, new projects. Uh, And definitely one of the great benefits 
of working in a company as big as Roche is to develop a network as well, not just of people within um, you know, the industry or for me within the communication space, but just working with people from different functions, different parts of the world. And I think the motivation to continue to work at Roche really for me is rooted in the great culture that I've experienced so far. I've always been surrounded by great teammates, great leaders who honestly did shape me to be the professional that I am today. Uh, And they've always given me this learning environment where you can make mistakes, try new things and to evolve in the way that I value it in my role. And I think it's because we've always had that culture of learning that it's a motivation for me to continue to develop my career here at Roche. And uh, I'm curious uh, to know, uh, Eunice, uh, what are the biggest challenges you faced as barriers in progressing your career at Roche? Mm, yes, uh, for, for me, it's been six years at Roche and the past two years were in a flow of step transformation. Transformation kind of brings me challenges, changes, and chances all together in, in my career path. And many roles at Roche were combined and mingled and people moved a lot past two years. And I also have got a chance to join uh, as an RCP role during step. But during all these waves, the curiosity and learning, the two themes are make me still motivated and um, still trying to get a chance in this so many changes are coming. Uh, but the barriers, speaking of barriers, I feel like before transformation, career paths were kind of fixed and having a clear directions of going forward. Or for example, as a person of medical, with a medical background, I feel like before transformation, I think I had more clear direction or clear way that I need to go forward after five or six, 10 years. But now during the step and after step, I feel like there is not a specific or clear direction for, for an individual person, which means I need to look for more examples and more stories of others and shape it to develop my future career. That is the biggest challenge I faced in my career progression so far. And what about you, Patricia? Has your experience been similar to Eunice? Very largely so, I think. I've been at Roche seven, seven years now. And I mean, Kayum, you know as well, during um, the whole Transform D change and with our operating model going through transformation as well, it definitely was difficult to see how I could grow in a very vague or uncertain environment. And I completely understand what Eunice went through because prior to that, the pathway was a lot more explicit. Um, You can see what the next step would have been. But now that everything's changed, new ways of working, new scope, uh, potentially even, you know, for many employees, it's a new leader. This lack of clarity has been a bit hard to navigate. And I've asked many people before how, how they are dealing with all this change and they wouldn't have answers to their career growth as well because we're all in the same boat. And I think on hindsight, this is where there is, you know, like a mentor or a career guide would be so wonderful to have. I think maybe for younger employees, you know, this would this has been the biggest career transformation that I've personally gone through. Um, and having a mentor is so useful because they can speak 
and you know give you advice on how to deal with all of this change professionally but also from a mental and emotional perspective it does provide a sense of assurance to know that you know they've gone through so many other reorganizations before what are some things that you can look out for how do you use this as an opportunity for yourself that has been really really useful for me and i see the the value at of having a guide but also an advocate because i think for younger employees we really genuinely do not know everything that's out there and i think unis brought up a very important point you know for us in this part of the world we're not used to speaking up so much um and like taking opportunities for ourselves so having an advocate maybe someone who's at a more senior level um who can see the work that we're doing and you know have conversations with us on how we want to grow but then go the next step and advocate or speak on our behalf um you know to recommend roles to us to tell us what they see as changing in the bigger environment of Roche that would be so useful because in our day-to-day job we see so much but from a senior leader perspective you have a much bigger picture on the many other puzzle pieces that are moving that we wouldn't have visibility over so i think that's also another thing that i found very very useful in the past 2 3 years during all of this change thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts well kayum i know you've been at rush now for close to 30 years so what well, learnings in your 36 years this is oh so <laughs> This is for close to 40 years, right? <laughs> so what learnings in your career journey can you share with us and other younger colleagues in APAC? What what support did you wish you had from your colleagues when you were younger? <laughs> is that is that what you're trying to do now as a senior leader? Frankly speaking, uh, if I uh, look back, uh, the culture we have uh, at this moment at Roche it was entirely a different culture we had when i uh, joined in fact i joined boringa mannheim uh, it was a small company uh, comparatively but when we came to roche it was a big organization so the, uh, the culture in both of these those organization was different like but the problem uh, as a uh, new uh, colleague in, in the organization i faced we did not have a, a approach to talk to our senior leaders and uh, once in a in a kick off meeting or somewhere we usually uh, have an interaction it so it was not the direct interaction we just saw them and that's it so uh, and in 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 that environment it was uh, not encourage uh, to the senior uh, junior people they can share their ideas and they can uh, they could speak up so it was a bit challenging at that time but nowadays environment is entirely different because it's a fast paced environment it requires everybody's involvement and inclusivity so that every person should be part of the conversation so what i'm trying to do i'm trying that the people who are who may be uh, joining rosh uh, like in last year or so but they have a brilliant ideas in most of the time when we we talk to them so uh, my objective is these people should share their thoughts openly to the senior member of the teams and uh, and we 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 are encouraging this thing uh, in the organization i you may actually have a follow up question from what uh, unis mm. was asking i think it's great you know that you can see the change that has happened 
in the culture from when you started out in the company versus what it is now. Um, and as you said, you know, there's still room for improvement. I know this is something that you want to see change, but how are you um, as a senior now leading differently? And also, I guess, because it's not just you, it is the other leaders in your team as well. So how are you trying to encourage them to change the way that they lead so that we can all, you know, create this culture where everybody feels safe to speak up, as you were saying? That's a good question. Um, uh, honestly speaking, it's, it's, a, it's a transformation from, uh, from the culture we had and the culture we are moving forward. That's, that's a different. So uh, doing differently, I think uh, I can't do alone uh, if I want to do, right? So I need to have uh, support from uh, the senior leaders uh, of the organization, the people who are in a senior roles, uh, like senior manager in, in, in the teams. My primary objective is that these team members should also embrace uh, this thing in, in, in their day-to-day -day working. They should encourage. And now we, we are actually practicing in our uh, discussion, in our meetings, that they should give a leverage or opportunity to the people to speak up. So now this is intentional effort at this moment. I think this will become a habit of all of the team members who are actually trying to adopt these, uh, these things. So I'm, I'm quite optimistic that uh, once we practice these things in our day-to-day -day working, this will be uh, quite beneficial for, for the new talent. So my question to you, Zionis, uh, speaking from uh, an organizational perspective, do you have challenges speaking up in your uh, environment? And what would make a safe place for you to give feedback and speak up at work? Um, yes. Well, challenges speaking up in my environment, it's quite related to the cultures that we have in as an Asian, <laughs> well, we respect others a lot, especially senior members. And we also have humble cultures. We caring people a lot. Like we think of the others, how, how the others feeling very much. <laughs> so this kind of culture, even not at work, but in family or in during with the friends or society or community, these cultures are very nearby with us. With this culture, I think I have challenges and younger generation, we have challenges like speaking up too much to others or uh, having strong voices to others. It's kind of hard to do, have, have those um, characteristics. So sometimes we do stay back and hearing more to others. I think it's another very good point or characters that, we, that I or we have as Asians. And also the education cultures in Asia or in my country, we follow a lot like perfection or competition with others, like from very young age to the adult, when we actually like jump into the society or the, as a society member. So from those cultural or background, education background, make me be more perfect at work, I guess. So because of that, I need more, you know, lagging time to bring my like words to others. <laughs> it takes more time than others. Then sometimes it just keep myself from speaking loud or speaking more. So that just like make me more prevent myself 
to others. But like, I think feeling secure is the the main factor to have a speak up workplace in an inclusive culture. For me, I think individual checking cultures are very easy and a great way of realizing a safe space by myself. For example, I do a lot of like peer checking or leader checking with the leaders because I could get more inclusion by regular feedback and also temperature checks with colleagues. So I think this made me feel more safe place at work. Thank you so much, uh, Yones. And Patricia, has your experience been similar to Yones? In your opinion, what can Rosh do to be, be more inclusive and aware of female employees' perspective? I think I've had very, very similar experiences to Eunice. Many times in in meeting rooms um, or even now with Zoom calls, I do feel insecure and to speak up. Um, and oftentimes I question whether the thoughts I have, you know, are they valid or would they be a, a valuable contribution to the discussion? Part of it is just my own insecurities, you know, where I wonder with regards to my age or you know, my, my gender or just the experiences that I've had versus everybody else's wealth of experiences and their education levels. That's just my, I would say that's a personal limiting belief and that happens all the time. But on top of that, there are times where generally the meeting doesn't feel like a safe space to speak up. Um, and that could be because everybody comes in with their own agendas or, you know, the leader really just wants to have you know a very specific task oriented discussion and there's no room for feedback and I agree with what Eunice was saying with us coming from Asia Pacific with hierarchy and being very very conscious of how other people would feel with what we're saying that does make me think two three times before I speak up and oftentimes you know by the time I feel like I have something to say the meeting's over <laughs> so it, it does happen a lot and what I found to be very effective in creating a safe environment for me really has been the leader that sets the tone. So when I'm in meetings with people who you know make it very clear from the start that the purpose of the meeting is to have a discussion and everybody's opinion is valuable and it's valid and you know there are no stupid ideas, for example, that goes a very long way in making somebody feel like they can contribute. And very importantly, you know, when you do give feedback, people in the room, if they don't judge it, there's a, I found that there's a difference between judging an idea versus critiquing an idea because critiquing really is being constructive and, you know, improving on something. Whereas judging for me feels like almost like looking down um, and saying, you know, no, that's not good enough. So I think in the way we communicate, when we critique ideas, it goes a long way because it feels you feel like you've contributed and then, you know, you're helping the team go towards the next step. So yeah, I think the leader really does set the tone. Just having that culture where we respect and acknowledge everybody's opinion. And I found it very helpful when people, because you know, in every meeting, there's always people who speak up more and people who speak up less. Uh, and I appreciate people who call respectfully, you know, call out the more introverted colleagues or when leaders look out for the smallest person in the room and ask them what they think. Because that, that is an invitation for you to speak up. And I find that to be very, very helpful. I, I agree with your points that we should identify those people who usually don't speak up. 
and uh, we should encourage them that they they should participate more and more so that the silent voices can be heard and now we are moving to the closing so i'm going to ask you both one last question yunis this one is for you what message do you have for our colleagues with regards to uplifting and empowering the community of women at rosh yeah it's a big and great last question i think well for me i just have one uh, sentence that in my mind it's like let's keep ourselves always toward our colleagues around us then the uncertainty that we faced day by day will fall behind us because this whole um vague and not clear situation i feel like it's waves trying to uh make us feel little or feel isolated from others or our colleagues the thing is like we need to even if those surrounding environments make us feel behind we still keep ourselves always toward the colleagues and our friends because that make us actually like give us more power not just by ourselves but with others other colleagues then we can go keep toward what really want to do next and it's i think it's important that we still stand around by many visionary leaders at Roche because visionary readers what they experienced past like years at Roche can show what the path or way we need to go in the future in this waves also so i think my message keep moving forward with our colleagues make our community be more uplifted and imparted way thank you so much patricia my last question for you is that uh, as leaders how can we advocate for our young female colleagues better to build their confidence and increase their presence to enable them to be their authentic selves and thrive at work thanks for that kayum it's a big question to ask <laughs> i think leaders have a very important role to play because you set the tone and you you're also an example of what perhaps many of us would want to aspire to be one day and there's a, definitely a lot that we can learn from the experiences that you've had i think the first thing is when it comes to having these conversations with younger female colleagues i think we all with anyone we just need to understand that everyone has a different walk of life we all have different struggles different challenges different goals and it will never be a one size fit all approach so time is needed i think we need to invest time to get to know our colleagues and to understand you know what is their drive driver what is their motivation to understand what they want to achieve but i think also very importantly to understand what barriers uh, we face um you know for example a young woman in india would experience very very different things to what a young woman in singapore would go through once we truly understand these struggles we can then help them and be a part of their journey to overcome their barriers and to you know help them develop in the way that they want to and i think that's very important for leaders because you would have developed in a different time and in a different environment from the time period that we are going through now and it takes time to understand the context of what we are going through now so i think that's crucial and i think in general you know speaking from for myself i don't know what i don't know when it comes to 
development opportunities when it comes to building networks or, you know, the, the bigger picture at Roche. But leaders would have a much clearer view, I guess, a higher bird's eye view. And I think it's really powerful if we have leaders who, you know, proactively think of the younger population at Roche and, you know, regularly share development opportunities and also give us, you know, practical advice on what the next step should be. Because, you know, we, we have a lot of conversations where people will just say, keep at it, you know, keep showing your value. But how, how do you show your value? Um, and I've had wonderful colleagues uh, who have guided me very practically on how to have conversations on salary reviews. And how do you position yourself in conversations? Because that's, that's a very difficult challenge. You know, oftentimes females you know, we might stereotypically be labeled as the ones who are more meek and less willing to sell the work that we do. You know, there's that element of confidence that we might struggle with. And it's true, that's something I personally struggle with. And having someone guide me to tell me that, you know, you need to position yourself and talk about the great work that you've done. How do you do that? I found that to be very, very useful and, and you know, like a tangible action step. And lastly, I think, as a leader, if you're mindful of who's in the meeting, to keep a very, to be aware of, you know, look out for the quieter ones in the room, look out for the smaller people in the room, um, the more junior people maybe, and give them an invitation to speak up. Because that would really give someone, you're giving them that invitation and you're making them know that it's safe and, you know, I want to know what you think. That's very different from just giving a blanket statement and then just expecting people to speak up. Sometimes people need that extra step to know that it actually is okay for them to contribute. What they might think is a silly idea. Thank you, Patricia. It was a fantastic discussion. And uh, I agree with you that uh, we, we, we should uh, understand the point of new colleagues because the time is different as we had in, in the past. So the, the new generation has a different opinion and different mindset. So we should uh, embrace that thing. Thank you so much, colleagues. With that, we have come to the end of our episode today. That was quite a fascinating discussion and I'm deeply inspired by today's conversation with Patricia and Eunice. The spark, the enthusiasm and the passion I have witnessed today is truly impressive. I wish you both the very best in your journey at Roche and at personal level too. Thank you so much for joining me today. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, this is Abdul Qayyum signing off. Stay tuned for the next episode and be sure to support the commendable work being done by the International Women Network, APAC. Take care and be safe. Goodbye. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Light the Path. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, sign up for our Coffee Chat series, which will happen in two weeks' time. Our Coffee Chats are a space for colleagues to learn and discuss specific topics so we can all learn about creating an inclusive environment at work. You can sign up for these sessions by clicking the link in the description. Join us for the next episode of our Light Apart podcast.